Andrew and Jake. We're live for your OBR, Ask the OBR, Thursday Twitch show, where we answer any and all user questions. We already have a seven-month subscription from our good friend, Hazardous underscore Browns underscore fan. It's probably a good name for mm-hmm. this uh, this offseason. Nonetheless, what's up, guys? We got another subscription for 11 months in a row. Patchia? 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 I don't know. What do you got on that one? I'm, I'm, Patch, I'm going to go with Pat Shea. Pat Shea. Okay. I see that. California, maybe the CA at the end? Yep. I'm not sure. Pat, thank you. If your name is Pat for subscribing to the OBR Twitch, we appreciate it. If you're listening to this replay on the uh, OBR Film Breakdown podcast channel, what's up, guys? What's happening? How are you? We appreciate you joining this show in whatever capacity you can. A reminder that this show is an open invitation, as Andrew can attest, to user questions throughout the show in the comments section, and there is a guarantee that we're going to answer it in some way, shape, or form. I'll start out, Andrew, as we get started, my friend, and I'll let you guide the ship. We got to talk about back-to-back walk-offs from the Guardians. I know people tune into Brown shows to talk about the Guardians, but, yeah, man, exciting baseball two days in a row. They needed this, man. They needed it, and that was cool to see. Yeah, I, I kind of tuned in when they they got hot a few weeks ago. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest and say that they were not at the top of my list of things to do this spring, but they kind of sucked me in, and then they went to – or they had Boston in for a few and, and got, what did they get sweep swept or they lost two or three and they haven't been playing as well, but they're, they're turning it around and uh, walk-offs. That's the surest way to get people excited. Yeah. I don't know if these things can maintain, right. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but in terms of like, I think they had 39 ninth inning runs this year, which is the most in the MLB. Some of that stuff dries up baseball cyclical like that. It'll, it'll yep. come and go, but they're fun. They're really, really young. They're playing ahead of schedule and you can tell like our, our good friend here, uh, M saw M saw man, MC saw man. I yep. hope I said your name, right? Andres Jimenez looking like a, a real ball player, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I know Ahmed Rosario is a bit of a wild card oftentimes, but he, you know, those two is a key part of your Francisco Lindor recovery package. It's not bad. So anyway, fun stuff. The guardians are playing good baseball. It's at least something to pay attention to in the dry months as we continue to just Watch this situation that your Cleveland Browns are involved in, which is in the NFL's greater eye here, go round and round in terms of what they'll do with Deshaun Watson. Before we get to any Browns questions, though, I know this was on your list, Andrew, but Hazardous Browns fan, who is yep. a now seven months worth of subscription, that, that garners a great question. Yep. The Big Ten news, man. The Big, the big Ten news. Um, if you're a traditionalist, you're probably going to hate it. If you, if you love the old school Rose Bowl, Pac-10, Big Ten, before it was the Pac-12, old school East-West Coast stuff, you're probably like, this is ridiculous. But if you haven't been paying attention to the college landscape, everything is shifting beneath our feet. NIL, among many other things, including this transfer portal, it's moving at a, at a fast pace. Either get on board or get off. I mean, you can you can get off to like, uh, the, the train here. It just it's it's moving quickly, and I just appreciate that there still is. This was going to eventually reach a boiling point with name, image, likeness of the the universities can only like it was only going to be as people became more aware of the money made off of them. It was only going to be so long that they could go of just continuing to make money without giving. I know a cut. Listen, a college scholarship is nothing to scoff at. I mean, many in this country pay for student loans for the entirety of their life 
I get it. But like there's guys who are making millions upon millions for the university. So it just was always going to get to this point. But, you know, we're here. I, I love the idea of playing USC and UCLA. The, the, the travel's not as difficult. I mean, it's going to be long, but I'm sure they will plan this thing out, get the people from east to west out there quicker. There'll be charter planes. The travel is not the difficulty it was in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. It's just different now. So I just it's it's gonna and I don't think we stop. I don't think it stops here. I know tonight. I'm sure you saw it, Andrew. Like there were many reports of other Pac-12 schools applying to the Big Ten. I've heard Miami. I think Ben Axelrod talked about hearing rumblings of Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, the ACC is like gonna start jumping off at some point. I don't know. Anyway. Ohio State will remain Ohio State. The big brands of college football will never go away. And college football itself will never go away. It's just going to look different. It's just going to be super conferences and some other conferences and an 18 playoff. And I think at the end of the day, I think I'll end up liking it more. I think I will. So, you know, I'm open to new stuff here, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, it's a genie in the bottle situation. Once this, you know, once the this the money has gone to where it's gone, all of the rest of it is inevitable, right? Yeah. Um you know, that you can't keep throwing millions and millions of dollars at these TV contracts and not expect that to change the way that these schools do business. It's it's a, you know, it's a professional league in every sense other than, you know, the business model behind it. But the, the decisions that they're making are all business decisions. There's nothing about tradition or, you know, history that really factors into it. And so, you know, I, I think to, to the extent that they are willing to embrace that fact and then start treating the players fairly uh mm-hmm. that's you know then i'm on board but i you know my my uh tension with this has always been when we're pretending that it's amateur hour you know at the same time that we're cashing these huge checks that tension yeah. has never been it's not fair and it's not sustainable and so <laughs> as long as we're moving past that i'm on board and you know i think i mean the the school that i'm most curious about is uh <laughs> i hope kyle's not yeah, watching that's either a great joke. i yeah, hope yeah. arizona state lands on their feet yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think the Arizona schools make a great fit for the Big Twelve, frankly. But yeah, uh, they Notre do Dame, geographically, but yeah. geographically is kind of out the window, right? Right. <laughs> but Notre Dame is the school for me that for, you know for the Big Ten makes the most sense. I mean, I it has uh, forever, Andrew. Yeah, forever, and it, and it just you know the the money that they would get from having Notre Dame play Ohio state and Michigan and uh, well, they already play Michigan, but if USC's in now, you know, that's a rivalry game for them. It makes too much sense uh, not to happen. And then, you know, they, there's, they have a pretty good rivalry with Miami too. Right. So maybe those two schools make sense to go to, well, I guess that would be 18. Is that right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I also kind of want to know, like, can we, can we get rid of Rutgers now? Is that, are we yeah. Can, can, can they, can they take out Rutgers and Maryland? I don't yeah, know. Like, I remember they got Maryland. Uh, they got Maryland in the conference. I'm like, okay, great basketball school. Right. This is going to be good. Yeah. And they've been terrible. They've yeah. been just not anywhere near what they were in the ACC of the, you know, Steve Blake and uh, all those guys. Who's the other one? It was Steve Blake and uh, Steve Francis. Uh, well, Francis was before, but they won yeah. the national title. Juan Dixon. Yeah. Oh, God. sure. Juan yeah, Dixon. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, I don't know. I always thought, and it was a great question here from the natural who said, you know, is this going to go to super conferences? I think it will, but the landscape of those super conferences, I'm not sure mm-hmm. what it will look like, to be honest. Like I thought for a while it looked pretty clear that they were going to do some like three region stuff here. Notre Dame went to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Big Ten can maybe pluck like a, I don't know, a fringe team from the top of the conference SEC, like a Tennessee would lead. I don't know. Not 
yep. Tennessee. I'm just thinking out loud, like teams up near there that could that could maybe be pulled into that region. But anyway, I don't know where it's going. This this is the genuinely the most difficult travel obstacle USC to. I mean, I'm not even talking. I'm just talking to Columbus. Like that yep. is a haul. That's that's yep. a three time zone haul. And now it's like I don't know what the shape of the Super Conference stuff will look like. So I don't know. I'm. I don't really care. I, I, I mean, like Ohio <laughs> State plays three meaningful games a year. They just right. do, and that's that to me is like not the most fun thing in the world. I get, I don't get it. It's not fun to watch them play Maryland, Rutgers, oftentimes Purdue, uh, more often than not, or whoever else, Northwesterns of the world. Like it's just not. They're just not competitive. So, yep. I, I just, you know, I would rather see teams that care as much about football as Ohio State in the conference and. Make it a grind, man. You know, make it a grind. Some people are going to hate that, but I, and I, I know some coaches like Urban Meyer who couldn't couldn't handle that after a while because it's just a lot of pressure. But I, I think it'd be great for the sport to have more competitive games on the schedule that mean yeah. something. Like there's just not that many that mean something. So anyway, I guess we're now you know, 15 minutes in the pod and haven't talked about the Browns, but they're actually that is a huge landscape change in football as we know it, and it does impact a lot of people here in Ohio. So. It's uh, fascinating, and I think we're going to see a domino effect. Some some things are really going to pop off, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in the next like month here before yep. the football season gets here. Of teams saying, "Okay, this is huge news." These SC, these sorry, these Pac-12 teams are going to say, "Where are we going to land?" Everyone's going to watch it because there used to be that alliance. Remember that Oklahoma and Texas went, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, now we got a Pac-12, Big Ten, and and uh, ACC are forming this alliance. Well, that alliance yeah. seems to be out the window. So now, who's loyal to who? Right Good for like six months. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So there's better pods out there to listen to this. There's some great Ohio State pods uh, that I have found that, that cover this stuff really well. So you didn't come here for this, but I think it's fun to touch this subject. So anyway, we, let's uh, let's go to some questions. And again, fire these questions in the chat if you have them about the Browns. There's no wrong question about them. We will do our best to answer everything you got. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I mean, the biggest Browns news obviously uh, is that uh, the Deshaun Watson hearing uh, wrapped up today. Uh, there is a story on the OBR. Uh, from Fred Greetham, uh, sort of summarizing what we know at this point. There's been a lot of leaks um, and a lot of, uh, you know, sourced information. And I don't, you know, I think it's everybody's personal choice how far you want to take any of that at this point. Because obviously there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of leverage being played here. There's a lot of politics uh, behind the scenes. And I think it's it's pretty clear that, you know, the NFL would be really happy to settle this and be done with it. Um, So, uh, I think as far as just in terms of the, the timeline, it sounds like the judge has asked for written uh, here, uh, I, briefings, I guess, written written briefs by the week of the 11th. So yeah, we are like unlikely. the summaries, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, right. So we're unlikely to hear anything until that week. Uh, but I would expect we probably will hear something that week to leave time for an appeal before training camp. Uh, so another two weeks of uh, speculation which is and and like it ebbs and flows you 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 look at this a couple of days ago and it was like he's locked in the NFL's got their yep. feet dug in and mm. i just there's there's there are people leaking news to the media all over the place dan patrick read from his cell phone about somebody <laughs> close to the situation today what else was out there i am trying i'm trying to think oh today florio has been like mm-hmm. at pro football talk backtracking like crazy i mean it just depends yep. on the day so it's yep. a lot of confirmation bias about what you think is going to happen any given day. It, it could be a report of, hey, it, it looks this way, it looks that way. Today was certainly a day of 
Watson feeling like he's in a good position with the NFL PA representing him. So I don't know, man. I really, I really don't know. I, and, and to your point, I'm not saying you're wrong here. Cause I did read the same report you did about the time frame. but yep. to, to uh, the point of the natural just said here, like a July 4th news dump weekend news dump, yep. nothing is off the table for me. Like really genuinely nothing. I don't, I'm in the stance right now where there are a lot of people who act like they have an idea and I don't think anybody has an idea. I'm firmly in the belief of I'll just know when it gets leaked and I'm not going to lean one way or the other. I still feel like it is going to be something in the realm of a 12 game suspension. And he's going to play this year. Uh, That's just my hunch, but I definitely see how it could get to a year and I won't be, I won't be mad one way. I really don't care. I really don't care. I just want it to be over. It sapped it all out of you, huh? It was in, in like my effort of energy toward the outcome, whether good or bad will not change said outcome. So the thing we will be trying to really focus on at the OBR is here's what the Browns now have to do with whatever situation. And that's kind of going to be the goal here. So the, the rumors are old. We've been hearing the same recycled rumors about Watson. And, and again, it's one direction or the other with these rumors. And then we've heard the same recycled, rumors uh, as horrendous Browns fan ironically asked the question about yep. Baker Mayfield. It's, it's, Hey, well, Seattle said you got a report out of Seattle. Well, did that actually come from Carolina to, or did the Browns make that leak up to, 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 to leverage up Carolina? Nobody knows, man. Yep. So I'm sorry, but nobody knows. And I ultimately don't think anything happens with Mayfield until the Watson thing is settled because if Watson does miss significant time, He's gonna like. There's some money to be cleared there, so it just it just it sounds like from a financial standpoint, the Browns want to see the result of the Watson situation, so that they can then make a decision on how much of Baker's money they want to eat. So I think the domino with this scenario is the Watson decision, and then in July, late July, perhaps even early August, there is a a deal for Mayfield in some capacity. And I want to fire a question to you, sure. which is. Somebody asked me yesterday, and I and I I I almost didn't know what to say. What if what if the Browns just swapped Sam Darnold for Baker Mayfield? What if mm. they just swapped him? Because yeah. say Watson gets a lengthy suspension, right? Yep. In somebody is asked in here, is Jacoby Brissett really the plan B? I, I don't have the question up in front of me. Uh yep. I'm sorry, whoever asked that uh looks like it's up here. Yep. Um, MC Sawman. Like yeah, I think, but what would be the harm if you can't get anybody to take Mayfield's money right. off your hands? They're going to make you cut him, but the Panthers are lukewarmly interested. Why not just swap him for a year of Darnold and give Darnold the best supporting cast he's ever had and yep. just see how it goes? Because if it goes well, you could find a way. He'll be his contract will be up, but you could work out some way to get something from I don't know if there's a comp pick that would come of that. I don't know what that would I don't know. I'm not yep. claiming to know. But if say Sam Darnold has a fantastic season or even a, an average season, again, yep. we're going into a year when Marcus Mariota's gonna start. Mitch yep. Trubisky's likely to start. Mm-hmm. There are teams that would take him in a heartbeat. So if they're if Carolina is serious about Baker Mayfield, they're not serious about what they saw from Sam Darnold. Is Sam Darnold any worse? Than Jacoby Brissett? I don't think so. You actually, I would rather take a swing on that situation, and then you don't lose any money. You re- right. you don't lose any money. So I just don't know. But but again, maybe maybe the Carolina maybe the Carolina situation 
is like, we'll give you a pick of some kind. If you could get a third, fourth or fifth round pick, you probably take that instead of Darnold. But I'm just saying like, if they're not going to give you a good pick and someone's like, yeah, we'll take Mayfield, but you know, we don't really want to give you anything of substance, but we'll give you back Darnold. And it's like, well, okay. Cause he's maybe out for the year. Maybe right. this is after Watson's out for the year. I don't know. I'm just saying it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing. What do you think about it? Yeah. I mean, I think, so I'm just looking at chat here. Um, the money is exactly the same, right? Cause they're both on the, their fifth year option. So I don't know if Baker has earned more from performance escalators okay. or anything. Right. I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. We don't have Jack. Jack will probably listen to this on the pod tomorrow and, <laughs> Say so you guys should have known this, but I, yeah. I don't know about that answer. But I okay. think I think it's it's, it's damn it's close. close, right? It's yes. gotta be close enough. It's gotta be in spitting distance anyway. And so so if that's a wash, then you know, Baker's obviously not gonna play for the Browns again. Whereas, you know, Sam Darnold could, could you know, could play for the team. And and I think Mitch Trubisky is an interesting uh comparison that you brought up. He didn't even play for Buffalo last year, but he was yep. in Buffalo for a year and then got a contract from the Steelers. You know, that uh model of have bringing a player in rehabbing his image and then turning him yeah. into a comp pick i think is something that makes a lot more sense than holding on to baker mayfield for a year knowing that he, he he's almost, just sitting there yeah right? he, and he we wouldn't he would never be active and he wouldn't even be an option you know so yeah. i as far as who i would rather see taking snaps i think i would much rather see jacoby Brissett uh taking snaps than sam darnold just just because you know he's proven to be so uh careful with the football and I can see not, that that's where the conversation gets interesting. Right. Do you think Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold? I haven't dug into it. I haven't watched enough Sam Darnold tape to know. I think for the, the type of coach that Kevin Stefanski has proven to be, he's yeah. so turnover averse that I think he's going to lean towards the guy, one, that's been in the building all offseason, and two, that doesn't give the other team the ball like Sam likes to do sometimes. So, yeah. I but, would agree with but, that he's a better backup option than Josh Dobbs, certainly. So in the scenario where Watson is out all season, you know, you, you bring him in, you get, you know, you saw him compete. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Him compete. You bring him into the building. And, and like you said, there's the chance that you, you kind of win the sweepstakes and, and, you know, some desperate team next year, you know, maybe the Steelers uh, sign him and, and give him a, a big contract and then you get the comp pick. So I, I, it makes as much sense as, you know, if you if like you said if you're not getting a, a a reasonable draft asset you know and I I think they're going to need another quarterback I don't think Jacoby Brissett and Josh Dobbs get it done for a season I yeah I I don't I don't think they do either I think it's just like the play here is the Browns would say hey we'll eat all 19 million if you right. give us a great pick right if it gets in such a desperation situation that they're clearly like. Carolina is not going to give us anything. They won't come off it. Okay, yep. we'll just straight up him for Sam. We'll do it that way because mm-hmm. at this point, we're not getting anything out of this, and we'd rather just improve our one-year quarterback depth. Like, I could I could see that. So, mm-hmm. But, again, that's to say you're not getting any – and, again, this is just to reiterate, you're not getting a pick. The, the ideal thing is, hey, we'll pay a large portion of this, but we're basically buying your draft pick. Like, yep. we're buying your draft pick. Yep. That can't and come I- to fruition, then – yeah, I could see a situation where Sam makes sense there, just in terms of letting him compete and you, like you said, rehabbing some image, and you never know what happens. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I think that there is still uh, uh, an opinion in the league circles that the Browns are going to have to cut Baker at some point. I don't think people understand people around the league understand how uh, firm Andrew Barry is with these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. You know, he he is for sure a guy that is stuck sticks with his convictions, and so. 
I don't see any chance that Baker gets cut. And I think at some point as training camp approaches, uh, Seattle and Carolina are going to finally believe that. And then I think that's when things start to loosen up. But I think they, it's very much a calling uh, Andrew Berry's, they think they're calling his bluff and I don't think he's bluffing. I don't, I don't think so either. And I, and if I were in his position, um, I, I would just tell Baker, we'll pay to stay home. Just, yep. We'll pay you to stay home. You're not playing for anybody else. Right. That might be mean. It might be whatever, <laughs> but like it's their money to do what they want with, and they don't exactly. want to give another team a better chance to win. I guess yep. I don't. I don't know. I just I wouldn't. I wouldn't budge either. You're not going to benefit uh, another team if a team's not willing to really actually come get you. So yep. exactly. Um, yeah, I just you know it's it's a business at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So uh, I, I I've laid out some scenarios there, but I'm I'm definitely with you on that one. I'm not just cutting him. I'm not doing it. I'm not yep. I'm not doing it because I can pay him to stay away. I don't need him to be here, and that, and you that don't changes save nothing. Pass, you know yeah, exactly. exactly. So, yep. If he, yeah, right. if he didn't have a fully guaranteed contract, it's a totally different conversation. 100%. But yeah, they yep. don't benefit. And so, and you know, the whole narrative of it being a distraction or whatever, no, there's nobody inside that building that's thinking about Baker Mayfield even for a second, you know? Uh, yeah. So it, it's not, it's not even relevant. Um, in, in terms of uh, questions on Jacoby Brissett, we did have one from Ask the Insiders that is relevant to this conversation. Real quick, uh, Drew Brees won't. He's not coming back. It's yeah, a good question. I agree. Yeah. It's a great. It's a great situation for a guy like that. But uh, Drew Drew seems pretty happy doing what he's I doing. I think so. Fitzpatrick would probably be a better. Yeah. Get. You know, yeah. I don't know if he fits what the offense wants to be, but you know, if you were <laughs> going to try and lure somebody out of retirement, I think he'd be your guy. Yeah, he's played a year closer, right? You know, right. Drew didn't even play the year before, yeah. so yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the question is, uh, Jacoby Brissett is not really a downfield passer. Uh, will Stefanski adapt his offense to this style when defenses are going to crowd the line and not, uh, you know, dare him to throw downfield basically at Sam Atlanta and ask the insiders. Yeah. Um, I think that you will see some of that. I, I think that's a good question. I think you will see some of that uh, um, for, for sure uh, in terms of teams crowding them. I think teams will crowd them even with Watson too. I think they're going to have to be creative in terms of giving Jacoby some answers. And I think, listen, they got guys open last year. I, I will continue to say it. They got guys open for the quarterback last year and, and he just couldn't, he couldn't consistently find them and he couldn't consistently deliver it to them. So I think a bunch of people are from not watching the tape closely, very concerned about Stefanski's offense. And I'm just like, nah, man, I'm not the least bit concerned. They had people open and chances to make plays all year. And if you make five plays out of 15 that are presented to you, it's a completely different game. Think about how many close games they lost. Mm -hmm. And the NFL is just, it's you're tiptoeing the line. Like, what's the phrase habitual line stepper. Like uh, I've heard that one before, like the, you're always towing the line of like one to four plays, changing the outcome of a game and completely changing people's opinion of who you are as a coach, play caller, player, whatever. Like that's, that's just a fact. That's how tight the margins are in the NFL. So I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be able to do enough things to get in Joku to get, to get, you know, uh, I almost said miles Austin. I don't know why that came over me. Um, oh, that's really weird it's in my throwback. brain. Um, Amari Cooper and, and Bell and, and DPJ and, and all these guys will get. They'll they'll be enough. I I think, 
I don't think they're going to be world beaters offensively. I think they should run the football a ton. But from doing that and the play-action structure that they use, there will be, in my opinion, plenty of opportunity for guys to get open and catch the ball. So, um, yeah, I'm just not concerned. It's not not a big thing for me. But I do think the teams will challenge Jacoby to try to push it downfield. There's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, my two cents, I think that my feeling is Jacoby Brissett has been through his career, a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield was last year, specifically uh, with the injury and everything else that he was going through. Um, yeah. And so Not substantially, but, but I think just, just better. I, yep. I just think that just yep. better. I mean, healthy yep. Baker's better than him. I, I don't think 100%. that's, that's not uh, de- de- deniable at all, but again what what are you getting people forget this is you're not just getting automatically back to the same guy quarterback people are forgetting like he's coming back from a labrum tear he's coming it's a real injury to come back from look how pitchers have to do this and pitchers i mean you don't think about this really because it's not it's just not as talked about in dead arm and quarterbacks isn't a bit but like look how it takes pitchers a long time to come back from that Mm. and I'm just, I don't think that's a thing people have talked enough about with Baker is he didn't get surgery until January. Like my nephew just got surgery and he's a sophomore in high school and it's, they're projecting it's everywhere. It's anywhere from nine to 12 months until it feels right again. He's not a thrower. He's, he's a, he's a fullback type of guy. So I just don't know, man. There's a lot of people that think it's, it's, uh, it's lockstep here with him being the same guy as he was in 2020 when he put together a good year. It's like, are you sure? You know, yep. like, are you really sure? So, you know, we'll see. Yep. Um, okay. Just to clean up a few other questions on Watson. Um, I think uh, the, the other question that I just wanted to address is from Dexter Ryu in ask the insiders. And he asked if, uh, if the NFL is planning on reinstating Watson after suspending him a year, why wouldn't they just suspend him for a year and be done with it? Um, and it seems like it drags it out. But I think that's uh, pretty much the point is that they want the indefinite suspension to cover themselves in the case that more information comes out in the next year. So yeah, smoking um, gun, right? The Ray Rice yep, situation. Exactly. And I'm, I don't think there's any of this out there because people are getting paid already. And uh, yep. with, with that means that people have given all the evidence they could conceivably get because they want as much money as they could get. Uh, mm-hmm. And and again, I understand given the situation and what you can get and whatever, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't say I understand because I don't, I don't really know. I've never been in that situation, but for this, for what this is, money seems like the only way to solve it. Good or bad, right? Yep. Good, good or bad. Um, so That's the only settlement left. Yeah, that that is uh, that that they would have presented everything by now. So I don't think anything else had. But they want to say maybe Watson is. I don't know. I'm not saying this is real. This is totally big time, massive conjecture. Maybe he hasn't learned from it. Maybe mm. he has. Maybe he's still doing some stuff. And they're like, yep. okay, well, this is what they did with Miles Garrett as a reminder. Like he right. had to prove it to the NFL. And yeah, it was probably just some corny thing they did. But like they indefinitely suspended him, mm-hmm. and he had to get reinstated. So. You know, I, I just think that they're doing a little bit of that here, too, if they go with the indefinite uh, whole yeah. thing there. They're trying to CYA and make it seem like Watson has appeased their their end of the bargain yep. to, uh, to 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 make that work. So, yeah, yeah. anyway. I said this on Monday night uh, on, on our show on Twitch, and, uh, you know, the all of this – punishment stuff from the NFL is only ever about public relations. And, and yeah. that's, that's something I believe with every bone in my body. They don't, you know, if you, if you gave them true serum, they don't care. It's not, they don't have any sort of moral outrage or, 
philosophical objection to Deshaun to Watson playing week one, but they don't want, uh, you know, the New York Times or any newspaper or any TV show telling, you know, the people that they should boycott the, the games or protest the games or that the NFL lacks, you know, can't be America's game because it lacks, you know, moral conviction or whatever. So this is it, the reason that they prefer an indefinite suspension, I think, and it's, it's exactly what you're saying, Jake, is uh, because it sounds worse, you know. Yeah. The word, the word indefinite makes it sound, oh, he might never come back, you know, and then yeah. and then he gets to do his act of contrition and his community service. And then, you know, uh, they, that feeds into the narrative. Uh, so this is all performative and it, it makes, you know, I think it makes sitting through all of the leaks and counter leaks and, and, and you know, all the rumors swirling even harder, knowing that it is all basically just for show, uh, that it makes it all a little bit more interesting. So let's, I think let's be done with Watson uh, for tonight. Uh, we had a few questions on the running backs. Um, what are the chances do you think that Kareem Hunt gets extended? Because he, he made some public comments that he's hoping that it gets done. Uh, or do you think, then the other question is, could he be traded? Or does he just play out this year and then become a free agent? What do you think happens? It's a good question that I... <laughs> I don't know, man. He seems to be publicly saying like this is going to get done, and I, I it would be really weird for him to be lying about that in terms of like thinking. I mean, wasn't there a recent quote that he's like, "Yeah, we're we're talking and blah blah yep. blah." I mean, we haven't heard that. Yeah, officially he's not really, from the, really confident. Yeah, yeah, we haven't heard that from the the Brown side or whatever. No. Not that we would, but right. um, I guess it's possible. I think it would defy a little bit of what we expected because how much Nick Chubb's cap number jumps up next year. Now they could, I guess, play a game with that cap number, but like that, that number is going to jump. So you don't want to invest a ton more. And I think that's why like a lot of us thought, all right, so maybe they'll move on from both of these guys draft another late back and Jerome Ford is your rookie deal. Fourth round rookie deal back very cheap. So I don't know. I think it's all very much on the table still. I, I think he's, sort of leaking that it's going to get done. I don't feel as confident about that, but if the numbers are as cheap and he, you know, if it's very cheap and mm. he really, really, really wants to finish his career in Cleveland, then yeah, I guess something like that could happen. But I still am like 30, 70 that he's not going to get another deal. And, and, and just like the, whatever the Browns end up offering him in those discussions are maybe that, and you know, maybe he's had some discussions with his agent where the agent has sent over what they expect and he hasn't heard back from the Browns, and maybe the tone completely shifts come training camp because he got a number from the Browns, and he's like, I'm not taking that. So, you know, he might not be lying, but he also might not be giving you an idea that an actual deal is going to take place. So we okay. will definitely be monitoring that one closely because of how much they already have invested in running back and how much they clearly are going to be seeing a lot of guys' salary cap numbers jump uh, in the mm. next few years. Now, you do think that the TV money is going to help and it's going to jump up that figure and all of that's going to intertwine, but there's still like, I'm talking significant jumps in cap numbers for, for several important players. So um, mm -hmm. we'll see how they manipulate that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and so then building off of that question, uh, OG Philly, who of course is, uh, I believe, being very generous again, handing out subscriptions uh, in in, uh, the Twitch stream tonight, uh, he asked, with the, the rumblings of the Kareem extension talks, is it possible that the Browns are bucking the trend and loading up on running backs instead of wide receivers because running backs are cheaper than wide receivers, and so you get more bang for your buck? You know, that's an interesting thing. I was I was saying yesterday, I got a, a DM from from somebody who I really like on, on, on Twitter, and he had said what an interesting uh, tweet was. From this guy, his name is Udit. Um, his uh, I, I cannot pronounce his last name. Ronasaria. So he was with a Browns R and D. He was very involved in Browns uh, analytics stuff. He was working for the team, and the original tweet was talking about how somebody from the site five thirty eight uh, doesn't actually understand the information that's being presented by these folks and and is using it to knock the Browns because he doesn't understand the numbers. Well, he said, this is Udi's response. And again, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. I'm sorry if I'm not, man. But he said, positional value is something that is so entirely dominated by PFF data. Maybe the Browns actually know something different. So <laughs> there is, in my opinion, that's a mate. Like that's someone yeah. who's been inside and is now pretty much saying that you could be onto something. They could say, hey, we're going to sign guards because they're cheaper really mm-hmm. good players. We're going to sign running backs because we, 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 I, I don't know. I'm just saying like, they're, they're probably not going to go crazy stockpiling five guards and five running backs here. But like, I think it's at least interesting to me that they are not following the guidelines of what we see out there where it is true. PFF does dominate mm-hmm. how we think about positions where linebackers and running backs and all of these are devalued. And, um, you know, it's like maybe the Browns have a different way of thinking. And I think they've demonstrated by some different things they've done that they do think a little differently along those lines. So that is something to continue to watch. I think so. I I think it's a it's a really interesting idea that they could be, uh, you know, I mean, the same thing was true in baseball for so long. Right. Uh, You know, the the left handed uh, or right handed first baseman. Right. Or the. you know, Scott, Scott Hatterberg is the famous example of a guy that doesn't really have a position and can't really play defense, but he gets on base, you know, and for mm-hmm. a long time, that wasn't as valuable as a, the five tool outfielder. Uh, I also think, you know, the other thing that they've been very clear about is that they're going to pay players that are good for them. You know, if, if, if you're on the Browns roster and you're playing well, the chances that are that they're not going to let you just walk out the door. Yeah, um, they're going to reward those guys, right? Exactly. Yeah which I think is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's about keeping a core of guys together. So I think it's also about sending a message, right. That a guy like Wyatt Teller comes, comes in, you know, pretty unheralded works his ass off. And then 
becomes a, a great starting guard and he gets a reward, you know, and that's, yeah. it's a way to sort of model that for the other players. Uh, I guess maybe it could be Andrew that they're not going to say like people thought the Browns would be the team that didn't pay a running back. Like right. there's always been, and I've said this when the Nick Chubb discussions were happening, every elite running back has been paid. You can yep. talk about it all you want. Right. Every single one of them has been paid and everybody was thinking, well, you know, the Browns are the team. Maybe they won't pay Chubb. Maybe they won't pay these guards. Maybe they'll only focus on these. Cause what is it? We saw the guardrails, right? What's the, the uh, guardrails from the, the Sashi era. And and again, I'm not saying AB doesn't have some duplication slash overlap of that, but people have thought they wouldn't do these things because of that. And that could be what he's talking about where they're not any, you know, they're not afraid to pay. You have a good running back. They'll pay him. They have good guards. They'll pay him. They have a good linebacker. They'll pay him. Exactly. Right. So that's, that's what I'm thinking here. Right. Like that, that could be a little more aligned. Not, mm-hmm. not, talking about like stacking up like not going crazy here you know they're still going to draft corners and and draft those things right but it is it is like a means to saying they won't be held and they said this when they drafted jok we won't be held to these rigid standards if we like a player we're going to go get him like we think he can help us we're gonna go get him so um yeah, I just think that people are, and again, we we all want to know because we study the data from the draft. We study the types of players Andrew Barry likes to bring in, and Jack does a really good job with that. But it's like, hey, man, that's not clearly not their Bible. They're right. not living and dying by some of these standards. So yeah. I think you have to adjust your belief set a little bit, yeah. and um, they're they're sort of proving that. And I think Udit's tweet is pretty spot on with that in terms of yeah. where that thinking uh, could be. I want to answer this question from the natural real quick. And look, man, I think it's ninety nine percent. I don't see a world where they cut him. I think he still has. I think he still has a value. I, I think he can be like I, I'm keeping him over any other six wide receiver. Like I'm, I'm not letting him go. It's, he's been in the league a year. He showed what he can do as a slot guy, catching screens and creating yards after catch. He can do different things. He can be a return guy if you need him to be a return guy. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not cutting him. Yeah. Period. I'm not well, cutting he's him. He's a Big Ten he's, running back too, right? Yeah, and it's it's he's a Big Ten running back. That matters. Uh, he's a hard nose. What are the other cliches? He's a North and South runner. Real tough guy. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just not moving on from him after one year. Same with Anthony Schwartz. I need to see more of these guys. I need yeah. to see three years of these guys. Unless you're just bluntly terrible, like you're mm-hmm. just. I can Vince mail you. Uh, I can, I can, I can see it. Right. <laughs> you know, and yep. to an extent, Curtis Weaver, right. With yep. the, with the dolphins, they, sometimes they know, they know, and they just let it go. Yep. But th- these guys, I thought Felton brought value. I really do. And I think he mm-hmm. continues to be a nice interchangeable piece of, um, uh, the roster. So I'm no, I'm not, I'm not moving on from him. And I view him as like, okay, view him whatever way you want. He's the fourth tight end because you're not keeping a fourth tight end this year. Maybe not keeping a fullback. He's the fullback. Like that, that roster spot's moving to him, right? Like I'm right. just not not doing that. And I've heard a lot of it. And I'm not trying to knock anyone asking the question because I think it's a it's an interesting question. But like I'm not I'm not in on that. I could not be less. And and there's no indication from Andrew Barry that he would do such a thing. He has not right. cut a single draft pick that he's drafted so far from any draft. So we're still waiting on that. We wrote roundtables about that now at the OBR, trying to figure out who it would be. It's not going to be somebody in the second year. It's just not. So you know, we'll see how that shakes out. But I, I could not, 
I could not be any more of a belief that they'll keep they'll keep him. It's kind of a meta point, but um, we've done this a few weeks now. I am shocked at the number of running back questions. I mean, I know it's a full room and people are trying to figure out how the math works, but uh, it's just I, the, for that position to be of such interest, you know, it, it feels kind of Always, settled man. to me, you know, but yeah. people love to talk running backs. It's really something else. Well, fantasy sport at all times, yeah. right? Like yeah, all yeah. these guys are quarterback, running back, wide receiver. There'll always right. be a myriad of questions and they have a bunch of skill there. They definitely have a ton of skill there and they're going to use all the, I think, and I've said this when I did running back previews on my pod, like there's never been a better year to see them just go crazy in the running game. Just go mm -hmm. crazy with mm -hmm. all three of the top guys. And yeah, a guy gets beat Watson, up. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a guy gets beat up a little bit. You got three other players behind him who you think are capable players. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with it. And I definitely think Felton is, is, uh, is a, is a part of that equation. I agree. Uh, from I Colco in ATI, the last running back question is: uh, How much game experience do you think Ford will see this year? Uh, and or do you think? And then, then I guess the second part of the question is: How many running backs do they keep? Uh, overall, if you include Felton as a running back, I think they keep five. But again, yep. like if you if you take the fullback out of the equation, or or say you last year they kept those three, right. the fullback is the fifth guy. Like, right. the, or sorry, if they kept four last year, the fullback's the fifth guy. Or if they kept four tight ends, one fullback, three running backs. It's pretty obvious to me, having done tight end previews now, they're only keeping three tight ends, and I don't know who the hell the third tight end is. Miller Forstall, yeah. I guess. I think it's a prime spot for them to be claiming a guy in the preseason. I think mm -hmm. that they could probably claim somebody, unless one of these hyphenated last names, and they have three guys with hyphenated last names, Marco Santos Silva and a couple more, unless they just, just pop off and training camp in, in preseason. But I, I think that's the prime spot to claim somebody because there will be some decent tight ends that end up being cut. So, and I think they're banking on that, but yeah, I mean, it's a moving part, but I think as I sit here, if you include Felton as a fifth, I kind of count him as four and a half. He's mm -hmm. half wide receiver half. So it's like, they're keeping maybe six and a half receivers, five and a half running backs. It's something like that. That's kind of my right. thought around it. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, okay. Let's talk about the defense for a little bit here. Quick. Um, mm -hmm. A question from uh, W100Bly. It, it almost feels like it's supposed to be something I can say all in one, but I, I'm not sure how to make it work. Anyway, he asks, what can a good defensive coordinator do with the interior if the line appears to be on paper a weakness? Are there ways to mask this without hurting another area of the defense? Yeah, I mean, you're just going to have to teach them to do certain things. They're going to have to be space eaters. They got to really fight double teams, but take you want them if they're not going to be guys who create plays in the backfield. I need you to eat two, eat two as much as you can to keep our backers free because we think between Phillips and JOK, we have two guys who can really be rangy football players. And I'm not talking rangy as in running sideline to sideline, but I'm talking being able to get gap to gap without someone, you know, taking you out of a play. They like those guys, they like a walk, they got some good depth there. So you you just want them to be decent at that, right? Like just be able to eat two as often as you can. Um, you're going to slant them. You're going to move them. You're going to twist them. You're going to exchange them. You got to get them moving. You got to create different ways for them to get home because just saying, hey, we're going to base gap this thing and, and play run fits. But on our way to playing run fits, we're going to play the quarterback. Like that leaves a bunch of one-on-ones with stabilization. And it's like, okay, are they going to be able to win those one-on-ones? Hard to see those guys winning a bunch of one-on-ones. So, uh, yeah, they got to be creative, but they've got to teach them first and foremost, what are they doing? They're not going to be the guys that get home on the ball carrier or the quarterback. So what are you doing to clean up 
whatever issues are remaining, right? So hopefully they can do that part of it. Okay, uh, and then a few users and Ask the Insiders have noticed that Joe Hayden has put some Browns-related stuff on his Instagram. And so the question is, uh, could you see that making sense for him to come back to the Browns this year? And if he did, where would he fit positionally? Would he have to move to safety? Um, I, I guess. I, I don't think there's room for him at corner. I don't know how that would make sense for yeah. for Joe. I mean, I, I'm playing I'm playing greedy. I'm playing Newsom Denzel. Obviously, I like A.J. Green, and I like this youngster, Martin Emerson. Like, I just don't know. I don't know where they're playing him. So, yeah, the safety element of it where, hey, we, we need a second, third, fourth safety. Like, yep. I guess. I just don't know why but Joe he's not playing specials. So Yeah, I, I just feel like Joe is – is kind of feeling nostalgic in a way. So, <laughs> you know, I don't really know. I don't know how he fits. There have been plenty of years where it have been like, hell yeah, that would make sense. He'd be in a, he's been an outside corner his whole life. So I don't, I just don't know that there are snaps there for him. Not that I right. prefer. So right. I guess he could be ready on call for injury situations. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. I'd love that. But anyway. Yep. I mean, maybe, maybe if they find a trade, you know, he, he would be, if they traded greedy in the preseason or something like that, he would be, you know, could slide in, but I, well, that's pretty, pretty fantastical. I agree with you. I think it's more just about, it's that time of year. Everybody's bored. Everybody wants to think about football, you know, mm-hmm. end of July can't come soon enough. I think that's that, that's what it, uh, I would file it under. Speaking yeah. of the cornerback room, did you see that picture today of Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom and their new? <laughs> yeah, man. Those guys look With like, uh, look like, look like siblings almost. Yeah. Um, you Boy, know? What, a great, so. what a great picture that, Really, yeah. that I more than I because I saw Watson and Cooper and they look good, but that picture of those two guys, boy, that really kind of you know that could be a poster. That got the juices flowing a little bit, you know. They could be a great duo, man. I think we we all are we all know who Denzel is, but I think he's got a couple levels to still climb. And then and then Newsom. Now I don't know if Newsom is gonna shift inside full time, but if those two stay on the outside together, we think Newsom's a, a really really promising second year player in the league, man. Like those two could be very dangerous for the foreseeable future, even if they put Newsom inside, you know, I, and right. I think that it feels like as of right now, that is the tentative plan, but yeah, yeah. I, it's, uh, uh, he's a, they, those two are fun. They're fun. Yeah. They're young and should help them curtail passing game for, for about, you know, five to seven years here, maybe yep. more. Yeah. It's something to look forward to. I mean, yeah, you're, the point about youth is so true too. Even, I mean, we think about Denzel as being kind of a veteran and he is, but still so 25 this year, man. It's all the older he is. It's awesome. I think he might, he might still be 24 right now. And he turns 25. Check. See if we're right. He's already 25. Turned 25, April 28th, but he's, you know, what is, this is fifth year in the NFL now. So that's pretty great for being 25, five years in the NFL. And that's a thing I talked about on the O-line previews is like, a guy like Nick Harris, for example, who will play this year at 23, mm-hmm. they signed two undrafted free agents who are 23 this mm-hmm. year. Nick Harris already has two years of NFL experience. Like, right. that's why you do it. That's why you draft them so young. Is that's why that the guardrails are where they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Okay, so I think that, as far as I can see, that wraps up our Browns content. Um, and that, so this is my favorite 10 minutes of the show where we just ask off the wall questions that I have found on the internet. Um, so from, uh, Robert Mays does a mailbag podcast cause it's, you know, it's what everybody's doing these days. Uh, and, uh, he got a great question this week. What is, uh, who is, who is one quarterback that you would most like to get a beer with, get dinner with, you know, whatever, uh, have a, have a, uh, a, 
a chance to sit down and talk with from the league. So that's any quarterback in the league currently. Um, yeah, I mean, you can boy. if there's a retired quarterback you'd rather talk to. If it's, you want to talk to Ben, <laughs> uh, no, uh, hard pass on that. Uh, the e- I don't think his ego would allow someone else to be in the room with him. It's too much, too much space eaten up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I I'm not. I don't agree with many things Aaron Rodgers says. Mm-hmm. Like he says some outlandish things, but I just think he'd be a fun hang. I mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think mm-hmm. he'd be a fun hang, even if he's uh, floating out in left field picking dandelions sometimes with the takes. Um, <laughs> I mean, Tom is a, such an easy answer. Yeah. You get some great uh, investment uh, advice from Tom. You know, you yeah. probably portfolio would be in great shape. After yeah. That. I don't know that I maybe I think Jameis might be fun as to mm-hmm. just to see like if he's as weird as he seems. I don't know, man. That's a tough question. I would have said Breeze would have been fun back in the day. Peyton Manning would have been great when he was still playing just to pick their brain about how they mm-hmm. think about the game and stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah, one of those two older veterans between Aaron and Tom would probably be probably be best. I don't I don't know enough about like Justin Herbert to be like man i'd really like i mean joe burrow would be i i've made this known and i'll say it again and 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 like joe burrow is my favorite nfl player outside of anybody in cleveland like i just Mm -hmm. as a pure football fan love that dude and how he carries himself and his aura and how he elevates everybody around him and just like i i hate with every fiber in my being that he's a Bengal. i could not i probably would have rather him been in pittsburgh or baltimore i hate wow I hate that another Ohio team got the Ohio guy that I loved. Uh-huh. Like, I I hate it. I, it was the one place I was so mad that Joe Burrow ended up mm. in Cincinnati. Hated it with everything I had. So, um, I I probably should have said Burrow from the rip. It would it would. I just I don't know why I didn't think of it. But yeah, Burrow's probably my my final answer. Yeah, I man, if it's if it's just like who you think would be fun to to like hang out with, I I think Lamar is pretty high up there too. And it's funny. It really like goes to the heart of the things that like the, those, both those guys are in the division. You know what I mean? Uh, He seems very like easygoing that it would be, cause it's going to be weird no matter what, right. Even in, in this dream scenario, it's still going to be weird, but a lot of those veteran quarterbacks, I mean, can you imagine how many stories Aaron Rodgers has? Like, Oh man, you could just ask him, you know, I mean, I, you could come up with a list of a dozen games, you know, that you could just go through and ask him one after another and you could, you know, it would you'd be there three hours. Uh, okay, so let's let's widen it out then and talk about uh, player or coach. Uh, and it can be again, it can be current or retired. But who, who's like the guy, the one guy that you would most like to pick their brain? Probably that's a good one. Uh, player wise, probably Ed Reed. Ed Reed was so smart and so he just just lived and breathed football and was a great leader and he's got great stories and the way he, he tells them. And, and I don't know, I just would, I I've always been fascinated with Ed Reed. I think he would be great on the coaching side. As far as somebody who would just be a ton of fun, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like the chat says Bruce Arians yeah, that's a great or pick. Belichick. Yeah. Like Bruce Arians would probably could probably yeah. rip it up, man. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, how do you not want to at least just sit down and talk? I mean, I guess it, maybe it would be extremely boring, but Belichick would be fun. I probably want to want to be interested in a dinner or conversation with McVeigh. Like, I just mm-hmm. think he's an extremely intelligent guy. 
yep. that would would be very insightful. And I just would like to see like this dude's not even forty yet, and like yep. how 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 he has a, so many things figured out uh, mm-hmm. as a coach. And so he would be a good one, uh, probably from the coach perspective. I think I also think Tomlin. He was just recently yeah. on a great podcast. Uh, would be a fun sit down and conversation too. So yeah, so there's a lot of good options, man. Yeah. If you had if you had uh, dinner with McVeigh, you could say that you had done that, and then you probably you'd be up for some head coaching jobs, which would be a plus. Yeah, yeah, minimum coordinator, but yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's what it's it's the, it's the uh, yeah. seal of approval, right? Exactly. Yeah, you'd be in the club. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I mean I you know just from a selfish standpoint, like a Brown centric standpoint, I think I think I'd love to just sit down and talk with Stefanski. I mean. It would be great to get, away, like, but dude, getting some truth serum and Kevin and, yeah. and Andrew yeah. would be a dream. And I, yeah. there's a ton of questions to ask. Like so yeah. many things mm-hmm. I would love to know how they really feel yeah. like from Watson to Baker to right. Jimmy to all of it, man. Like mm-hmm. I just, would, and Sashi, like I would love yeah. to get their opinion on at least Andrew's opinion on all of that. And Hugh Jackson, because yep. Andrew was around for Hugh too. So yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. He was here for the Dorsey years as well, or part of it. So yeah, he'd have a boy, he would have a real perspective on the arc, but you're right. It would have to be, it'd be a truth serum situation. Cause I think even if you, they, they didn't, you'd still have to ask, but you know, they wouldn't say a thing and it would be so frustrating. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, that's where you'd like, Hey, we're tying you up somewhere and you got to answer these questions, man. If right. you want to see yeah. your family again, you got to answer these questions and you have yeah. a lie detector on. So we know right. if you're lying to us, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's I, a good one too. The natural said, "I still want to know more about the Garrett Rudolph incident." That would be a good one to know, right? Oh man, that's a great. There's point. clearly yeah. one side lying in that yeah. scenario. Yeah, who's, who's uh, and yes, one? as far as players go, Miles is is way up there for me. He's, he He'd, seems, yeah, he's very clearly a, an interesting guy, and and uh, you know, I think you could talk probably the whole time with him and not even talk football. Although, yep. getting an answer to that Rudolph thing would be would be huge. Um, I hope that I, I really hope one day that comes out somewhere, and you know down the line but i guess it's always going to be a he said he said situation it, and it could have i don't know it could have been somebody misheard somebody too yeah I don't sure know. you never yeah. know yeah. but i like to think that what we know of miles that he wouldn't he wouldn't lie about that especially something he knows is so serious right um, yeah no i believe uh, him 100 yeah. percent. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I, I mean yeah both of both both of those guys being who they are i believe miles yeah. um okay uh quick one here uh from reddit i just kind of stole this from the nfl subreddit uh uh, who is a player that was briefly with the Browns that you kind of irrationally loved? Demario Davis. Um, and then he, and then he left and he was who I thought he was. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, I'm still ticked about that situation <laughs> and what they did and didn't keep him. Like, yep. I'm still mad if it's not already clear. Like I just, uh, I thought it was obvious, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a player who I just love watching. Mm-hmm. And still bugs me that they let him go, traded yep. him or whatever. Yep. So, yeah, that's my answer. Quick answer to that one. Um, yeah. Otherwise, short career, like Joe Juravicious was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a memorable season. Who else was in that? Uh, who else was in that realm? I've just. Uh, my answer he, to this was Andrew Hawkins. I, and it's just, it's more about just kind of yeah. who he is as a personality. Yeah. Um, but. But even as a player, you know, he was a fun player to watch. And, uh, you know, he, he did that great uh, protest the season that he was here uh, on the behalf of Tamir Rice, which is I thought was, you know, incredibly brave, frankly. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, just in terms of like was not here long, but was, you know, endeared himself a lot. I, he's, he's at the top of my list. 
That's a good one. I would uh I would agree with that. I thought Scott Fujita. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a great call. Is uh the old New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the leader in the in the clubhouse and all that stuff. Uh I thought he was fun too. I just remember him very vividly. Uh, and after him, who was the other edge guy? Oh, Paul Kruger. Yeah, the oh, sure. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I, know, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to, to let everyone know that I remembered the name Scott Pagito. So <laughs> there you go. Jeff Cap Garcia, way back in the day, that was he was that was fun. The Jeff Garcia year. Jeff Garcia. That just makes me think of orange pants. Mm-hmm. It was when they wore orange pants when he was here that year. Mm-hmm. They won their yes. Jeff Garcia, the uh, last home opener win. Mm-hmm. Um, still amazing. Yep. OG Philly's Amazing. got two great ones, Lee Bodden and Lee Suggs. Those are two great names. He just likes that, to say Lee and and yeah. use different you mm-hmm. know spellings yeah, of Lee. So yeah. he's showing off his homonym ability. Okay, one more question. We're gonna get out of here. But this is this is my I don't know why I saved it for last. This is my favorite question of the week. Uh and this is from the college football subreddit. Um so the, the scenario is a little complicated, but basically the idea is is that we have a time machine. Mm-hmm. And you can go back in time and you can try to tackle Derrick Henry <laughs> in the open field. For every year he, of age he has, you get $10,000. So if he's three years old, you get $30,000. If he's 20, you get $200,000. What age, and you can't go into the future, so you can't tackle him as an 85-year-old. It's what? It's three to 30 or or what? So I mean he's what well, I don't know what he is now he's 28 something like that so it's yeah. it's now it's now backwards. So the question is how old could he get to where you think you could still get him on the ground? Cuz if he's 14 are you are I was basically... actually going to say 14 I think I could get Derrick Henry on the ground. Okay. Like 14 in or 13. <sighs> me right now or me in my best shape? Oh, no, you life? I think we're going with right right now. Okay, I would probably. <laughs> okay, is it full? <laughs> this is a fantastic question. I know. Is I, I should have. I should have put this at the front. Is it open field? Like he's getting a handoff and it's one on one, and he could outrun me. That's and how then, I'm reading it. Yeah. Okay, so that's a problem. Um, yep. yep. All you right. Could, I'm going to say feet off the ball. You can be 20 yards back. You know. I'm going to say 12, 11, yep. 11, 12, probably 12. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's and I know he was probably dollars. he was probably a man child at twelve still, mm-hmm. but I think twelve is the is the age I would feel most. I, I'm thinking fourteen, like fourteen's almost a freshman. And if you see some pictures of kids that are freshmen, and I would imagine Derrick Henry as a freshman mm-hmm. was one of those. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine that. So I think I get out in front of this as a middle schooler, you know, that twelve range. If I started to, this was real. Like this was really real, and I knew there was guaranteed money with it. I'd yep. probably say like nine. I'd probably yeah. say like nine, just because I want, just just want something nine, ten years old. So I, yep. I this is such a silly but fascinating thing yep. to think about. So yep. good, yeah, good find on that. What's your age? I think it's. I think it's got to be. I. I mean, I'm pragmatic, so I'm thinking like seven, eight, somewhere in there, because you're get. It's eighty thousand bucks, right? So it's Still like could be really fast. And I think he's going to be faster than me. Like, I mean, you know, I. You can try and get an angle, but I mean, he. He gets the angle on people all the time, you know. <laughs> now and I mean, those are NFL athletes, so. Yeah, I, it, I. My number is very low. It's probably embarrassingly low, but I would. I would want the guaranteed cash basically you know? i'll say this my four and a half year old will run like his hardest sometimes mm-hmm. and i'll i'll be like oh okay i gotta kind of kick it up a little bit here mm-hmm. to, to beat him you know yep. so like okay, okay 10 year old derrick henry probably can 
can yeah, open it up a little bit. Skates, to be honest, yeah, it's probably got a move or two by that point. Yeah, I'd I like think... to see. Is there like super young, like oh, that's a, yeah, that's freshman the, yep. high school, Derek Henry? I want to see if I can find a picture. Yeah, he probably went two hundred freshman year of high school, one eighty. Oh my like god. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> I don't know how young he is in some of these, though. OG Philly said, I'll tackle the crap out of two-year-old Henry and celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the more I think about it, the younger it is. Yeah, right? the number's um, going, because you're still guaranteeing yourself a nice chunk of change, right? Yeah, I'll tell you what, high school Derrick Henry is a really scary-looking dude. Um, yeah, yeah I, don't think, I don't think you're getting him on the ground. I mean, it's to your point, like, it's if, you, if it's peak of your powers, it's a different story, right? But lacing him right. up tonight, you know. Childhood Derrick Henry. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, he looks very tackleable as a baby. Okay, um, All right. which is which is good. We so all wanted to hear yeah, that. Ten thousand dollars at least. Yeah, he looks like he would go down. He's going to give you a fight though. You can't just arm tackle him at that yeah, age. Probably still thick legs, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, yeah, I'm settling on ten, but I don't actually feel that great about it. So. Yep. I mean, I think it's a gamble, right? At that point, it's like you're you're giving it your all. You've got the you know you've got the cleats on tight, and you're trying to make a play. You know, yeah. you just got to get a you got a toe tap. You know, that's all. You don't need the whole trip his feet know. up. Yeah, you don't need to square him up. You just need to get him on the ground. Yeah, you know? good stuff, man. Yeah. Fun show. Yeah. All right. So thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, it's been Ask the OBR, and I think uh, we'll be back again next week. Is that right, Jake? We'll be back. We'll be back all the way up through training camp, and we'll see. Um, you know, we'll see what training camp brings, but this is yep. fun. You guys are a good audience. So yeah. Thanks for all the great questions, everybody. Really all right, guys. It. Yep. Have a good night. And, um, you know, it's getting close to, if you're listening to this on the pod, it's getting close to 4th of July weekend. If you don't hear from some of us, be safe, have fun. And, um, yeah, have a, have a great holiday guys. We'll catch you next week. Oh, go Browns, by the way. Go Browns. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com